0: I'm Paul McNally. It's Saturday the 4th of April and Duncan Masiwa is doing a story on the people you definitely owe some gratitude to while you've been navigating the COVID-19 crisis.
1: So, um, I mean, I spoke to different workers um, at food retailers, especially to those uh, stationed at at the entrances of, of stores. And I mean, these people are they are <laughs> they are responsible for sanitizing hundreds and thousands of hands of shoppers who enter their store every day
0: duncan wanted to focus on those working in retail stores the essential workers who are risking their lives to keep you sanitized
1: so we i think we really wanted to get a sense of how they are feeling uh, at this point in time you know do they think that what they are doing is crucial Are they worried about their health uh, are they worried about the health of their families? Um, that sort of detail. So, um, and I think also no one is actually telling these these kinds of stories in this time.
0: This is what comes up repeatedly with Duncan. Stories that are being left untold during this crisis.
1: I was speaking to one worker stationed outside an OK store and he told me that He's aware that he's in a dangerous position being exposed to the virus, but he believes that everyone should be doing what they can in this point in time.
0: And as a reporter, what Duncan can do at this point in time during COVID-19 is collect stories, get out there and interview people.
1: Also another story that I'm I'm also working about is about two farmers, uh, a young black farmer and a young white farmer in the Northern Cape. And they partner together to save their their respective farming enterprises from from failing. Um, and I think it's stories like these that are important to tell because I mean, while while there's still the big debate around land reform, these two farmers in the northern in the Northern Cape are, are challenging traditional farming methods. You know, and I think it's important for farmers to to also really start seriously considering joining hands with other farmers in order to grow Mzanzi's agricultural community.
0: Duncan is communicating with us via voice notes sent over WhatsApp. That's how we produce this show. We ask journalists and editors to send us voice notes to catch them in their most intimate moments.
1: And I think while everyone is or might be experiencing a bit of lockdown boredom. (laughs) I think I'm, on the other hand, I'm living, literally living my best life. I think the convenience of having to work in my pajamas from home is the most amazing thing ever. (laughs) And it makes it so much easier.
0: You're listening to Media Diaries, the COVID-19 edition. This show is brought to you by Volume and the South Africa Media Innovation Program. For each episode, we're going to go inside a different newsroom or organization and explore the challenges that they are facing with reporting on COVID-19. For this episode, we are with the team from Food for Mazanzi, a journalism unit that focuses on stories from the agricultural industry in South Africa. This includes stories on farming, food production, and retail. Here's the editor for Food for Mazanzi, Dawn Numdu, two days later on Monday the 6th of April.
2: I made it through day 11 of the 21-day lockdown. Woke up this morning to a video call with the entire Food for Mazanzi team at 8 o'clock. Starting to get used to having to be uh, excited and up At eight, usually when we get to the office, everyone's still, you know, groaning and moaning about it being Monday. But working remotely means that you sort of have to bring lots of energy to make sure that the team um, knows that we're winning, we're still getting through this, and we're taking it day by day.
0: Dawn says the Monday remote meeting is crucial to keep the team motivated.
2: Since the lockdown started, we've been publishing stories uh, three times a day, which means that the team has had to work a lot harder to submit stories and do interviews and check-ins. Dawn says that she has
0: found the winning recipe for making all this work, especially with the help of her team, but it's still hard.
2: Yeah, it it drives me crazy sometimes because I actually still have a two-year-old that um, needs to be entertained and looked after and still be kept busy with activities that he gets from his teacher um, every morning as well. So so there's that. So the only time I have a break to actually focus on just work is when he takes a nap and when his dad gets home at around about this time. So usually um, just after five, I'm driving him from the office, but today I'm still sitting in front of my computer Finding a little quiet time to actually focus on just work. Um, so that's been, been a crazy time for me to adjust um, work life and responsibilities as a mom.
0: This week, we also received voice notes over WhatsApp from the co-founder of Food for Mazanzi, Iva Price.
3: I am struggling to connect to a live media briefing by Minister Torka who is obviously the Minister of Agriculture, Rural Development and Land Reform. She's busy speaking, I can see it on YouTube, at a virtual briefing about some of the financial assistance being made available to farmers in this country and agricultural workers.
0: Food for Mazanzi champions the cause for small-scale farmers and the news of them receiving compensation is going to bring readers to their website. It's kind
3: of important for us to connect to this press conference and they send us a toll-free number, 0800 number, where we're supposed to connect to on the phone while watching this live broadcast on YouTube or on the government's Facebook page.
0: Iva can't get through to the press briefing.
3: No one is picking up the phone. We need to be on the phone to actually ask the minister questions because currently she's just speaking, announcing some great interventions being made in agriculture, but I'm not connecting. So um, I don't know how I'm going to ask questions at the end of a briefing, but anyway, I can hear the minister speaking.
0: The government has ring-fenced a fund of 1.2 billion rand to help small-scale farmers
3: during the crisis. r three. Nine eight of 25, March At least Minister Diza is a great minister. She can actually <laughs> read numbers fluently, unlike former President Jacob Zuma. But wait, um, let me try and call it a hundred number again. Maybe I'll get through now.
0: Ivor lets the phone ring and ring. Eventually, he gets through to ask the minister questions.
3: The line was horrible. Uh, but she answered two of my questions um, and now the team's busy bringing together that um, story um, on financial assistance for particularly small-scale farmers any moment now. Besides from work, which is always frantic,
0: Iva is finding it tough being in lockdown.
3: Not because I'm self-isolating. I'm an introvert, so I can do at least another thousand days in self-isolation, but I am locked down in my parents' house in Crafentet in the Cape where I grew up. I actually live in Johannesburg. And the only available space table really is inside in the dining room, but I can't sit there because the TV's burning and people are up and down. So I'm literally back in the room where I grew up in, sitting on the bed um, with my back against the wall. Um, I've been in this position um, since what 5 a.m. this morning, you know, working with my laptop, um, you know, on my legs. Iva's mother has just walked into his room. She always walks in at the most awkward moments, anyway. She walked in here with um, freshly fried fish. <laughs> She's actually busy um, preparing the traditional Easter lunch. We're five days away from Easter, I didn't even know that because it's not that important to me, but it is for my for my family, so she already started making pickled fish last night, and clearly she's still baking fish because she just brought me some lunch to my room. I guess there is an upside to being in lockdown at my parents after all.
0: Here is the second co-founder of Food for Mazanzi, Corbus Lawrence, on how COVID-19 is actually helping the organization.
4: The COVID-19 crisis has really allowed us to sort of come into our own um, and to walk the talk of being South Africa's only online first agri-news brand, which is our mission, and also being the only platform that really stands up for the most underrepresented um parts of the agri sector
0: they are pushing to be the first and the best with these types of stories
4: i've always got one eye on our website traffic stats and our audience seems to be rewarding us so far with um very good and sometimes record-breaking traffic during COVID 19.
0: Sitting in Pahl in the Western Cape with it raining outside, Kobus sends us some more info on SA Farming as a voice note over WhatsApp.
4: We often focus on the most vulnerable part of South Africa's food system, uh, the small-scale farmers, from subsistence and smallholder farmers to emerging, um, like the emerging commercial guys. Um, these people don't have savings, and almost none of them own the land that they use to farm on. Um, so they, they can't get credit. And we've spoken to some of our farmers and they've already had to lay off workers. Um, some can't afford to buy the seed and other inputs that they need to, to buy now to, um, to plant next season's crops. So the effect will become worse down the line.
0: If South Africa loses these small-scale farmers, says Kubus, the effects could be disastrous.
4: I don't think we realize how important the smaller-scale farmers are as a link in South Africa's food security. Um, Up to about 30% of the food consumed locally gets to the mouths and the tables of the people um, who eat it from smallholder farmers via these informal networks of bucket traders and hawkers. Um, The sector, this part of the agri-sector doesn't bring in billions in foreign trade like commercial agriculture does, but it hits us close to home when it is disrupted and threatened.
0: Here's Dawn again.
2: It's 5 past 11 on Tuesday, the 7th of April. I'm sitting in my living room with my computer open in front of me. My son's toys are scattered all over the place. And you can hear him playing his xylophone in the background. Um, I can hear the birds outside the window. Um, I'm looking at my garden. Um, and today, more than ever, I think I need to keep a list. Because there's a lot happening. I have Kai. hi. don't do that.
0: Dawn has two interviews for their in-house podcast. It's called Farmers Inside Track. Today, one at 2 p.m. and one at 5 p.m. She has stories to check and Easter content to get out.
2: And just a lot going on today. So trying really hard to keep a level head, but it's just another day in paradise, I guess. or just another day in lockdown.
0: Iva is
3: also having just as much of a busy day. Jeepers creepers. It feels like I've already been to the gym twice and, you know, twice since I woke up this morning, just after 4am. A A very eventful morning, I must say. Um, It started off um, by an upsetting phone call with a shopping center general manager here in Cape Town. Threatening us with lawyers about a COVID-19 story um, we published two days ago. Ugh, it's basically just about somebody that tested positive, um, you know, and he's only been out in the last couple of weeks once to a coffee shop, and he believes that's where he picked it up. But now they're all up in their feelings because, you know, COVID-19 is everywhere in the world except in that specific shopping center, according to them. In the story, they didn't
0: name the coffee shop or imply that people shouldn't go there. The story was more about what it is like to suffer and recover from the disease. But the coffee shop has taken it as a declaration that people should stay away from their business. People are sensitive at the moment, especially places like
3: coffee shops. I sent a dirty email back.
0: (laughs) Iva isn't worried about the legal
3: action at all and moves on quickly and we just had a skype meeting quibus and i um from our different lockdown positions here in cape town with uh, a farmer um, in queenstown in the eastern cape about another product we busy developing to to service small scale farmers a bit better yeah and he was just commenting that it feels like we are working much harder, and I think more effectively now. Um, it's like there is a lot more time now in a day to get things done because you don't have to travel all the time to to see people. And hopefully, we will retain um, some of those those habits post COVID.
0: Corbus has more details for us on the podcasts they'll be
4: recording in the afternoon. It's Tuesday, just before three, I'm recording this in the garden, I'm really appreciating having a comfortable house with different spaces, so the four people together in isolation don't get in one another's way too much. Today, we're preparing and remote recording two podcast episodes.
0: Recording the podcast remotely has been a pretty large adjustment.
4: We were used to very informal warm chats in a studio, and now it's all much more formal. Um, But what it has done is enable us to get access to much higher profile interviews. Uh, Today, we're talking to Dr. Sefison Tombela. He's the chief economist of the NAMC. Um, that's the Agricultural Marketing Council and then later to Christopher Narrieda of Agri SA. The topic of the day is still the one point two billion in emergency funding that Tokododiza announced for small scale farmers yesterday.
0: This funding comes as a relief to many, but there are still an absurd number of questions.
4: How far it will go as a temporary relief measure? Also, will it reach the farmers in time to help some going under or to save farm workers' jobs? There's also concern from commercial agriculture that there's been no relief funds announced for them.
0: For answers to some of these questions, you can check out their podcast, Farmers Inside Track. Ivor is up incredibly early and boiling the kettle.
3: So it's Wednesday the 8th of April, it's 5 minutes past 5 in the morning and the kettle is just boiled for my first cup of coffee. Um, No milk, no sugar, getting ready for this day. Quite a lot of preparations to do before our first Teams meeting just after 8am. Also, Kubis and I had a big brainwave yesterday after getting communications from our target audience. I think the one thing we do really well at food from zansi is connect with our audience Um, we've got our ear on the ground and we've been noticing that agripreneurs farmers who are essentially business owners um, their worlds have been turned upside down Um, during this lockdown COVID-19 many of them had already had to lay some workers off Um, even those whose future looked extremely bright are now unsure about what lies ahead, so we brainstormed ideas to serve them better and and also to bring some certainty, connected with three potential um, partners, clients on the phone yesterday afternoon, and through some sort of miracle, all three of them said yes. So now we've got two days of webinars um, scheduled for next week the last week of lockdown in South Africa.
0: Food for Mazanzi is part of the South Africa Media Innovation Program, or SAMAP. Full disclosure, so is Volume, who makes this podcast. Here is SAMAP's program manager, Bilal Randri, on why Food for Mazanzi's work is so important.
5: So Food for Mazanzi, you know, they've come in as a new player in a space that has been dominated by uh, legacy publications. These publications that tended to focus on the older, more traditional image of what a farmer is. And so they have come in and are specifically targeting targeting, uh, young black audiences. And uh, this is exactly what SAMUp is trying to support and encourage. Uh, You know, both innovation, but also this transformation in the South African media space.
0: Bilal notes that any events and roadshows that would have been a good form of revenue have now been put on hold
5: that said they have been doing a great job in uh, adapting their reporting to the crisis now providing useful and valuable information to their uh, specific niche audience um and also you know trying to expand their audience providing coverage uh, i see they have a nice uh, recipe section a certain segment of the possible audience is at home cooking a lot baking a lot so you know This is um, uh, a good way to try and expand that audience.
0: SAMUP offers its participants support, and that comes in many forms.
5: From SAMUP's side, the support is initially in the form of uh, grant funding, so that's to help them scale and grow. Uh, But more importantly, the technical assistance, both from the program but from other participants as well. Uh, From what I've seen, uh, you know, the level of collaboration that happens within the cohort is quite unique, Uh, doesn't usually happen in the media industry. Um, But also quite important is the sharing of skills and ideas. So you know, this podcast itself is a very good example of that.
0: This has been Media Diaries, the COVID 19 edition. I'm Paul McNally. The show has been brought to you by Volume and the South Africa Media Innovation Programme. Check out more information about the show either at www.volume.africa or at samip.mdif.org. The music for this episode was composed by John Bartman. Next week, we will go inside another media organization and see how they are coping and innovating when it comes to reporting on this crisis. Goodbye.